We are all born artists and creators, yet slowly but surely our false programming from society, culture, and family takes us down a different path. I was born a spiritual gangster, and the awakened dad is the journey back to myself. My name is Brent Hurd, and I've taken the journey of achieving what I thought was success and found myself lying on an operating table facing the edge of life. My mission is to help as many of us reclaim who it is that we truly are and help 100 million children live out their greatest lives. Join me each Thursday in listening to the stories of those who have made it back to themselves and lived a life of fulfillment and joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to The Awakened Dad. We have a pretty interesting guest today, Alex Kaola. Alex is an astrologer. So this is actually a subject that I have been exploring for quite some time and have become quite the student, I would say. I have learned a tremendous amount about astrology and am now bringing some astrologers onto the show. So help me welcome Alex Kaola to the show. She's someone I've known for some time, is an amazing astrologer, and you can find her on Instagram at the High Priestess of Brooklyn. Welcome, Alex, to The Awakened Dad. Okay, welcome, Alex Kaola, to The Awakened Dad. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brent. Well, so much fun you. to be here. Yes, it is amazing <laughs> having you on this show. Obviously, as we have talked, the subject of astrology, uh, which is what you do, has been so near and dear to my life. And, you know, as I went through my own awakening, I felt like astrology was this sort of, uh, it was a bit of a backbone for me in, in just figuring out who it is that I am. It was like mm -hmm. this thing that I would use and study. The first person was, um, Channy Nicholas, like her, like she, she put out that book Love and I went her. and bought that book and I yeah, like could not put that thing down. And it's just been, yeah. So it's just awesome to have you on the show because the subject and I've gotten to know you as well. And yeah. So, so how did you get into this world? Like how, how did this happen? How does one begin to do this work? Oh man. It's hard to pinpoint a time when I became really interested in it, but it was from a very young age. You know, you get the the teen mags, as they say, and you flip to the horoscope section. And I used to love gemstones. I used to love learning about horoscopes, anything that was similarly like personality-based where you could figure people out based on like what month they were born or then figuring out, oh, astrology has something to do with that, that sun signs. And I just remember from a very young age being very fascinated by it. And it, I think when I worked at SoulCycle, that was when the culture was just so it was just so open and we had meditations at the beginning of every meeting. And it was very much like, that's when it started to flourish for me, where I started to become like the office astrologer in a way. People would be like, is Mercury in retrograde? And I'd be like, yes. Mm. <laughs> I would, you know, talk to people about that in interviews because I used to recruit for them. And it just became so, like I, I fell in deeper and deeper 
at that point in my life. So I guess it was mid twenties that I got really into it. And then that was around the time that I also sought out a psychic when I was going through a breakup. That was the first time I ever spoke to somebody over the phone referred by my colleague. So I really owe her. She was like, my, this is my mom's psychic. You talk to him on the phone. He's like in Arizona. I don't know where he is. You just, you send him a check and, and you talk to him on the phone and I'm like, all right, cool. So it was in that call that many things were said, but amongst them, he said, you're an extremely psychic woman. And I was like, what? So then that took me down a rabbit hole of getting my first deck of tarot cards, getting my first manifestation candle, um, crystals, and, and astrology was, of course, woven in there. All these modalities are so integral to self-discovery. And so there, it's just like picking up a lot of different skill sets and sort of interweaving them together. So it was around that time that it got like really deep for me and I, and it just helped me so much, similarly to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And, um, kind of built from there, but yeah, I mean, that's when it started to like really hit for me. You know, it wasn't until many years later after studying for a long time that I called myself an astrologer. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So you were, you were in the corporate world for like some time. I mean, you spent some, yeah. like you did some corporate work. <laughs> did some time. Yeah. Sounds like time. jail, but it did feel like that in many ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Hey, yeah. yeah. I would, I will, from my internship in college, I, that's where, how I started recruiting. And then I, when I graduated, I got a job in recruiting it was in 2010. So it was just like not a time that my dad was like, you got to take that job. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but I don't think I want to like do this for my whole life. He was like, well, tough shit. Tough, you need yeah. a job. So yeah. go do that. And I was good at it. I really like talking to people. I really like had a, had a good time of it. So I made, that was my career. And I eventually worked for companies that I was really passionate about, but I wasn't like passionate about the job itself. So I think a lot of people probably find themselves in a similar position where they're like, something's just like not totally right for me here. Yeah. Um, and I, and I was up, I was in the corporate world until mid 2020. So about 10 years. What, so like when you're in, you know, like when you're in the the corporate world and you're working for SoulCycle and a couple of other folks, like, is there a, like, are you waking up in the morning and you're like, I just don't, like, this is not what I'm here to do. I'm here to do something different. Like, what are the thoughts? What's the, how's it coming to you? How's it showing up in you? It was... The next job after Soul Cycle that I felt really good and a lot also changed in my life, kind of like in a row. So that was when I, I had my Saturn return. So I met my now husband. I like switched jobs, and a lot was just awakening for me, and a lot was like happening for me at that time. And that was the job that I started to wake up every day and say, like, oh my god, like I've made either a terrible mis mistake or I don't think that this is right for me. I don't know how to navigate this. I just felt like nothing I could do was right. And yet I was still in a pretty fortunate position. So I felt like I don't have anything to complain about. Like it was just that nagging feeling where you're like, nothing's really wrong, but like something's terribly wrong. Yeah, That's when I started to pull tarot every single day or week to, to start to navigate like, 
how do I deal with this boss? Or like, how do I deal with this situation? How is this going to turn out? And so it was like, that's when I really turned to my faith where I started to just be more open to the fact that yes, that I'm out of alignment, but I have a vague idea of what I want in the future, but I don't know how to get from A to C. Yeah. So what, how do I navigate these like energy patterns in the middle? Yeah. And so when you talk about your solar return, so everyone's solar return happens when they're... Well, this is Saturn return. So your solar return actually happens every year. That's okay. So sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully it becomes more commonplace to say happy solar return. Happy solar return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah, on Saturn, Facebook, instead of it being like the right? like it's your solar return day. I think we could get there as a society. It's I like that a lot. Becoming much more commonplace. Your Saturn return happens every twenty nine ish years, so it's like from the ages of twenty to thirty two or so, you feel Saturn's return to the exact place it was when you were born. The day itself is. I don't, for me, it was like seemingly kind of innocuous, but that's almost like the epicenter. And then it kind of, there are waves around it, like uh, shock waves that sort of change up your life. Saturn is the planet of foundations and structure. And I think of all the planets as benevolent guides for us, sort of like our guides that want the best for us, but they go about in different ways. And Saturn is like paternal, tough love. It's funny that I talked about my dad being like, you need to take that job. It's like those kind of things are like, you need to learn responsibility. And now that you've learned responsibility and you have all this experience, now what do you want to do with it? You know, it's sort of those kind of decisions that you're making around your, your Saturn return. Yeah. So when you, when you were like, all right, I know that this is not the work for me. I know what I want to do, which is become an astrologer or something kind of in that world, maybe. And then you figure out, okay, like I, like I'm in love with astrology. I love like it can help people. I learn about myself. And then you make the decision when you have that conversation with like mom and dad, you're like, Hey, listen, I just want you guys, this is my decision and I'm get. I'm going to go, like I'm launching as an astrologer. What, like, how are they, how, how, how does that go? Like, are, what's the, how are they there? Well, remember, or maybe you don't, but I'm a Capricorn rising. So I started this side as a side hustle. I don't make any kind of rash decisions. I'm like, let me set myself up for this. So my dad, I, you know, I told him, I actually gave him like readings around the time that I okay. was beta testing and giving oh. like friends and family. And he was like, you're amazing at this. Like, I totally get it, you know? And so I had his full support. He's very, my dad is a triple water sign. So like, he's really sensey and like loves the shit. So we, I give him readings like all the time. <laughs> What's his, <laughs> what is, is what is he? What is he? What's he's his? a double cancer. He's a, a wow. cancer sun, cancer moon and a Scorpio rising. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What, 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 what kind of work does he do? Just like out of curiosity. My dad runs, he's a sales representative, but he yeah. runs a business that my grandfather started. That's a family mm-hmm. business actually. So he works with my grandmother, my aunt and my uncle. And wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. He, he's super successful. Yeah. He's a great business person. So he does give really good advice. Yeah. And from a, but from a place of like, what's the, like he takes very calculated risks. So I think he always gave me good advice to be like, yeah, like do it on the side, see if it 
has legs to it and test it and all that. And like, I fully support you either way. So he's super supportive. I actually don't have a great relationship with my mom. So she doesn't even really know what I do when we talk on the phone. It's very like surfacy and we have like an okay, it's fine sort of relationship, but I don't, something inside, I don't know. I've always been pretty independent. So it's like, even if my dad was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I would be like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. But he wouldn't do that. So I just, I don't know. I've always kind of been pretty like independent, I guess is the right word. Yeah. Did, did, did you, uh, do you have siblings? Yes. I have a half brother yeah. and a stepsister. So my dad got remarried and was married to my stepmom for like 20 years. So she was much more of a mother figure to me than my own mother. Yeah. And she recently passed away. She passed away about three years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. But she's no. one of my main guides. So it's cool. Uh-huh. Talk all the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Like, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. She, um, both worlds. so yeah, they, they are my, they are my siblings, even though we're not like full it, it's not from my parents marriage so we're not full siblings technically but yeah. yeah they are blood to me yeah so mom's not calling you and she's like hey like i need to talk to you about kind of like transits that are happening like there's none of that going on no but the interesting thing about karmic relationships which we've spoken about is that oh, yeah. she's a taurus i actually don't know her full chart because i don't know when she was born but she's a taurus my husband's a taurus right and there are so many similarities in the way that they like deal with things. My husband's like a healed version in a much more yep. robust personality I, without getting into it with like what about my mom. But it's funny because it's like triggering in a way that like is helping me deal with my mother issues that I don't yep. even know exist anymore because I've healed them, but you never mm-hmm. really, you're always working on them. And then I'm yeah. a Gemini and his mom's a Gemini and he has all these things that he works on with his own mother and her anxiety and how that comes out and my anxiety and how that comes out. And it's like very weird because it's sort of, it's it's funny how that stuff happens. It's so interesting that you talk about your own anxiety. Cause it's like, I talked to you and like, I've said this to you. I, I actually, like I said that to our mutual friend this morning, I said, oh, yeah, she's actually like the most authentic human that I think I know. Truly. Oh yeah. my God. Wow. Yeah, just like oh, a level of authenticity that is just, it's, it's like, it's like, this is me. It's like, this is it. You, you <laughs> don't see anything different if the doors open or closed. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. It's, 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 it's such a cool, such a cool thing. Such a cool thing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 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 I know we've kind of gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but that's okay. That's part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to pull us, I'm going to pull the thread back. You're doing it as a side hustle. You know, you kind of like the Capricornian in you was like, okay, like I know that if I kind of start doing this for dad, like kind of early on, like here's what the plan will look like. Cause you're very much a planner. And he's like, you're amazing. You got to do this. And then you start to, you get the confidence. You're like, yeah, I'm like, this is what I want to do. And you launch. When did you launch the business, by the way? And by the way, can we talk about the name, like the name of the business, which is the coolest <laughs> name? Can we talk about the name of the business? Yeah. High Priestess of Brooklyn came to me like a out of nowhere, just kind of hit me on the head a little bit. And I was like, I remember exactly where I was. I was talking to my friend and I was like, I don't know what this name means. I think I'll have to do a merch line. And she was like, what? Okay. 
<laughs> I was like, it'll look great on stuff. I have no idea what I'm going to do. This was like a long time ago. This was at least like six years ago now. So cut to, I'm reading for my friends and family and having these sessions. And High Priestess of Brooklyn was the name that sort of came back organically. I was like, well, this is obviously what I need to do. I soft launched in July of 2019. And I officially got my EIN and everything October of 2019. So that's officially when I started. So I've been in business for two years. Can we just like, <laughs> well, we, we never talked about this one thing. Like, have you done merch on High Priestess of Brooklyn? No, I don't. I know. I really need to. You know what? It's one of those things that I think it's not pertinent. Uh, so course. you just kind of put it off and you're like, I don't really know how to do that. Maybe one day. Yeah. Can I just say like, yeah, you gotta actually. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. I mean. I know. I know. I really need to. Every year I'm like, oh, it would have been cool to have it for holiday. Yeah. All the different <laughs> holidays. And oh, by the way, hold on. This shirt, may your, may your Freddie, may your Mercury be more Freddie unless, unless I think it was retrograde, yeah, less retrograde <laughs> which I'm wearing this shirt today. All the stuff around High Priestess of Brooklyn, like retrograde, full moon. I mean, yeah. Yes, yes, it's, yes. I 100% agree with you. I would have so much fun designing it too. It's just the coolest. It's, that's one of my favorite things about running a business is actually the branding of it. Yeah. So that was really fun to to work on. I, I worked on with a designer who helped me. Um, she's worked for Apple and stuff. She's super cool. fucking talented. But that's when that was super fun to to do when, you know, in the summer of 2019, like pre-launch. And then I got my website together. I got business cards, LOL, RIP. <laughs> uh, you know, all the things that you get. Because you know what? We obviously didn't have any idea what was going to come at yeah. the beginning of 2020. So I was really glad to have done all of those kind of foundational things at a time before the storm. Yeah. Because I feel like I was able to really receive people pretty much right away. Like I was already working at that point in this yeah. business, but I, I was doing it while I was also doing another full-time job. So you launched in 2019, obviously you, 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 you've been studying, you've been studying, you've been studying. Are you in the like having conversations with other fellow astrologers as you're studying in the sense of like, hey, 2020 looks like there's some stuff that kind of may go down based on what we see. What is that? What like, can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, there are so many talented astrologers out there, which is the coolest. And I think it was pretty interesting to feel all the lead ups and like all of the meetups with Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter. And it was like, we were kind of like, here's how it could potentially go. I don't think anybody had, a. am sure some astrologers like really predicted it, but like who would really predict that? So yes, but I think it, it's human nature to sort of like hope for the best mm -hmm. anyways, or maybe that's how I orient towards it. So I don't think I was really going deep into the doomsday as there were many, many astrologers who were like, this is pretty big, you know, yeah. like go gird your loins, you know? But I just mm -hmm. think like, I don't know, inherently I'm a little bit, I'm an eternal optimist. So it was hard for me to sort of live there. 
if that yeah. makes sense, until yeah. it was happening. And then it's yeah. like, okay, then it's a flurry of figuring yeah. it all out. Things are really happening. And so as, so I would imagine the, the business over 2020, I mean, like, you know, because like one of the things I saw, so for me as this guy who's living in business land and spirit land and astrology land and like all of those lands, and I'm seeing venture capital money going into astrology apps and businesses. And I'm seeing like the trend lines around like psychic businesses go here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, like as a guy who kind of just saw like early stuff, I was like, this business around astrology and helping people in this time of uncertainty felt like this is going to be like a next very important trend. What, as you like, you know, you have all these clients, like what do you hear from or why do people reach out? What's the why behind why people are reaching out? Oh man, that's such a good question. And yeah, I mean, I think to just address what you said, which is very astute, which is that people turn to businesses like mine in times of uncertainty. That's been this way since humans existed. And since these businesses existed, because people always kind of want to have at least some information or some way to brace for impact with whatever um, the unknown is. So that's really actually very common in history, which is super interesting. I'm not a great researcher, so I can't give you all the facts on that. I can't give you all the dates, but I have, I know that that is to be true. And then cut to what what do people ask about? Oh man, I mean, I think a lot of people are figuring out like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? I think those are totally normal questions, especially when something like this like a pandemic flips your whole world upside down and you realize like, wow, life is short and I want to be doing something that I love. I want to wake up every day and feel good about what I'm doing, feel like I'm helping people. So that is definitely one. People are always really invested in their relationships and whether they're in a relationship or they're looking for love, that is a huge topic Mm -hmm. of conversation in my practice. And let's say somebody is happy in their career, but they are going through kind of like, a weird time and people definitely come in and and talk about those things too. It's all over the map. Like I really try to be adaptable to people's goals because I am nothing if not a guide for them to get clarity. And it's really, the agenda can look very different with everybody from a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And so like, was there ever, were there ever things that happened or showed up like in your childhood that was that would have led you to say this was a potential path? Like, were there, did you have like psychic moments as a child or see things, feel things, like any of that go on? You know, I I was reading something recently about growing up in, I'll just say like abusive households or like households that like a, a parent was unpredictable or really, really strict or had like the emotional patterns that were very much like imprinted on me as as a kid. And I had that my whole upbringing. So my mom was like that. My stepmom was like that. And my stepmom struggled with addiction. My mom struggles with mental illness. So I had to like, as a kid, just navigate and consistently either stay out of the way or like predict a mood or I think you just, and I was already a pretty sensitive kid. So I think just (laughs) by proxy, you become 
hypersensitive to people's moods and feelings. And that's really how it started, I think, for me. And I I was also pretty like shy and scared kid, very, very cautious. It's funny because I'm really not like that as an adult, but I, I think it just was something that I learned to repress as a, as a kid, I, that's not happening, you know? Uh-huh. So I venture to bet there are some repressed memories that I don't, I, again, don't remember, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like that for me personally. It wasn't like, you know, I'm a medium since I'm five yeah. years old. It, was, yeah. it wasn't like that for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was like but, when the psychic was like, you're an extremely psychic woman. I was like, what? Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> now, when because I'm obviously you've you've studied your birth chart probably to the nth degree. <laughs> to the hilt. Yeah, to the hilt, which I know because I've done mine. Is there are there signatures in your birth chart that would point to either either the work or that would point to the childhood that you had? That's a great question. I realized you you asked me a two-parter and I didn't answer yeah. the second part. Parter. So so yes, there is a signature on my birth chart that was really cool for me to find out, which is my moon in Scorpio in the 10th house, Mm. which is the house of career awards and achievements. And a Scorpio moon is like one of the most intuitive, it's, you know, water moon is inherently very intuitive and, you know, psychic tendencies can be the case for a Scorpio moon. So that is like a pretty big indicator of doing any moon. It doesn't necessarily have to be Scorpio, but like doing work, which helps to tune in emotionally for your career. Yeah. So yes, that is probably the most major placement that I can point to for that. I also have my midheaven in Scorpio too. So that's the public reputation. And um, is the midheaven always in the 10th, always in the 10th house? It's the, it's in between the ninth and the 10th house. It's, it. it's the mid, it's the point in between them. So, so yeah. And then, the, you know, like the ninth house being like your philosophy and kind yeah. of what you study, what you're interested in that regard and how you learn of the world. And then the career house of the 10th house, a Scorpio moon does can inherently have issues with their mm-hmm. mother. So it's interesting. And also like my Scorpio moon being in opposition to her Taurus son. So that is because that, the Scorpio moon, like being in the 10th house is also means that the fourth house is ruled by Taurus. And so that like felt really, um, I, I don't, it's interesting. Cause it's like repre- repression is not the inherent Taurian archetype, but for me it was, cause it was just not like the polarity was not, um, celebrated. It was repressed. So for me, I just, always kind of felt misunderstood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff with mom, stuff with love. Yeah, I have Venus conjunct Chiron in my sixth house Mm. of the immediate surroundings. So I've had other readers be like, wow, I'm so surprised you are married so young. Oh, oh, because that usually is a signature where that that happens later? Yeah, like, because it's, it's really hard to... I I either am hard to love or I am hard on those I love or I want to fix the people that I'm in a relationship with. It's all really blended. And yeah, I mean, like I've been in therapy for going on 10 years. Yeah. So I would say that I'm working on it constantly, yeah. you know? Yeah. I and mean, that's the thing with astrology, like you said at the beginning, totally. you know? This is self-awareness 
that must be worked on. It, you know, yeah. once you become aware of your chart, you don't just like sit with that information. You're like, well, this is how I am. No. Like there no. will be shit you'll need to work on. That's how no. you become aware of it. So that's the, that's why I love astrology because it's helps people become more self-aware human beings and yeah. therefore hopefully more grown and healed human beings at the same time, better in their relationships, better better aware of the patterns that they fall into. And then they can go and help the world with that information. So Yeah. Yeah. So man, that's really cool stuff. How much time do you spend daily with your own chart and transits? Like like do you do you do you check yourself like weekly, a couple times a week? Like no. No, I don't. No. I think when you do what I think I'm more mostly researching for clients. And so yeah. I just feel like I don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I is it. good. Cause then I think I would just be like wallowing. I pull mm-hmm. for myself a lot. I definitely yeah. look and check it all out. I'm trying to figure out what it means, but not on a super regular basis. No. Yeah. Actually, I was, that, that was the question I was going to ask you when you were talking about tarot cards was when you pull, do you ask, I love talking about all these subjects, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Love, too. love, love, love. <laughs> um, when you pull, do you like, is the question, like, are you asking the question, spirit, what do I need to know today about X or how, like, what, how do you ask the questions? If you mind me asking that question. Yeah, it's a great question. I ask I ask it differently of every situation. I think when it's more open-ended, it's about a relationship. I'll pull, what do I need to know about their energy pattern, my own energy pattern and the outcome or the situation. If it's something where I'm really trying to figure out like, how should I show up on social media this quarter? You know, like I ask things that are pertinent to the business, my relationship, like things that I feel like I really need that higher guidance and I can't quite figure out on my own. It's a trip to read for yourself though. Like you really have to move your ego aside and what you want to happen in order to really get the right information. Do you, uh, do you read for yourself like um, weekly, daily? Mm, no, I would say I do it probably every three, four weeks yeah. or so. Yeah. And like, it's usually just, per- and sometimes it's like every day till I figure something out. Yeah, And sometimes it's like, I don't do it for two months because everything's like peachy keen and I'm just moving and grooving, you know, like I do like hauls, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like everything's flowing. And then like, you need to figure some stuff out. By the way, when you ask the questions, you doing a three card pull, single pull, like what's the. I usually do. I'm very partial to a nine card pull. Wow. I don't know why. Sometimes it's six, sometimes it's nine, but those are my two. My two go-tos, three, three is probably honestly all you really need, mm-hmm. but I'm a Gemini sun and yeah. Mercury and yeah. Venus. And I just get like, I don't know. I kind of overcomplicate it a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, what about that? You know, it's like chatty. So you're a Gemini <laughs> sun. My wife's a Gemini sun. That's interesting. <laughs> no, you Gemini son. <laughs> yeah, we're shifting motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I know you one day as one and I know you the other day as another. <laughs> Look, we're misunderstood, but that is absolutely true. No, it's so true. Actually, I do remember. So I do remember the first time we met, my sister-in-law was with you on a trip in Mexico. Yeah. 
and shout out to Andy. And I love Andrea so much. And I remember she was like, we were taught, it was actually, you know what it was? There was a, I think there was like, we were in the middle of an eclipse potentially. But anyway, she was yeah. with you. And I was like, yeah, I want you to, I want you to ask her, like, like get, like, I want you to like, ask her, like, tell her my stuff. Like tell her I'm, you know, I'm an Aries moon, Aries son. And then Andrea got back to me or I actually heard, I think you in the background and Andrea was like, yeah, he's an Aries moon, Aries son. And you were like, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I was dying. I was dying. Am I wrong? No, 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 no. Double Aries is a lot. My, my stepmom was actually I, oh, I, I did her chart after post posthumously just for fun for yeah. shits and giggles. And I was like, holy shit, she was double Aries. so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. She was what? Aries, Sun, Moon, I think Venus. I'd have to pull up her chart, but I was like, oh my Lord, this makes so much sense. Yeah. I, as a Gemini, get along very well with Aries. So it's no shade at all. It's just like, oh boy, anytime you have like a double placement is sun and moon. It's Yeah, a lot going on. Yep, yep. Uh, Where, do you know where hers were by any chance? I want to say they were in the um, 10th house. Okay, okay. Because I'm, you know, 8th, ninth is me. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, I know yours is 8th, ninth. Is your... Oh yeah, because doesn't it switch based on the house yeah, system that Placidus we're using? Whole, okay, yeah. hold are both in the ninth, and then Placidus mm-hmm. Suns in the eighth. Yeah, I should be I should be explicit. I use Placidus or Porphyry, which is what we use in evolutionary astrology. So I switch back and forth between those two. Whole sign like people swear by it. That's what Chani uses. Yep. Um, some people say it's more accurate. I don't know. I just didn't learn that way. It doesn't yeah. totally work for me personally, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting when you look at when you look at the differences and you can sort of yeah, pick and choose, I guess. Like oh, it's all important information. It's all it's not oh. a science, you know. This well, is an art. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> kind of dependent dependent on the interpreter. Yeah. And so yeah, so my so I'm double Aries with Leo ascending. Which is like, man, there's a lot. Yeah. A lot of fire. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. A lot of, a lot of, there is a lot, a lot of fire. Going on. A lot of action. I know. I think I said that. And then I also said, like, this is what something we've talked about too. And you did book a session with me, but I think it was also something I, where I was like, we should have a session. Oh, we did, we did, we did, we did more than one. So multiple. We did, yeah, yeah, we did multiple. Yep. Because <laughs> that's how good you are that I needed a, a next session. So for all of you listeners, uh, <laughs> highly important. Well, you're like an amazing person to have a session with because you're invested. Yeah, totally. You're like yeah. in it and in yeah. it to win it. You're like, tell yeah. me this. How do yeah. I navigate this? Like, yeah. it's more of a strategy session for you, which I think is so much fun. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the thing that comes back. Cause I remember I asked you this question the last time we were doing a session. Cause I always wondered about this placement that I have, which is by one degree, my son opposes Pluto by one degree. And, you know, I've read about that and like, you know, those, those like I've read like just a whole lot about that. Like, like you gotta be cognizant of that like and i've read just other people who've had that you know who've had that signature like tony robbins and like people like that who like yeah 
And with so, great power comes great responsibility. Correct. Kind of like that kind of. That's right. That's exactly Yielding right. power. Yes. Yeah. And that was the thing that I always just questioned in my, you know, like, man, what is that there for, mm-hmm. for me? That was like the kind of thing that always just kept circling in my mind that I remember us talking about. Yeah. That's a huge one. Like Pluto being the transformer and equated with Shiva, the destroyer, the Hindu God. Like I just always think about that as a volcanic alchemic changer of a force, which is just, it's very important to know where Pluto is in your chart for everybody, but specifically for evolutionary astrology, because Pluto Mm. is the arbiter of your soul. Wow. Wait, when you say arbiter of your soul, what does that mean? It's like in evolutionary astrology, we, we study that the soul moves into different lifetimes and different um, bodies and different experiences, but the conditions at, in, in which it's entering that lifetime or the lifetime before it are the nodes of fate. The, the conditioning of the south node is past yeah. and the conditioning of north node is where we're at in this lifetime and where we'll hopefully be evolving too. So the soul being, it, you know, if we're going to also bring it into like the broader modality of spirituality, the soul, my, my teacher chemo talks about it as a, a glass. When it's completely full, that's your entire soul. But like this little bit left of iced coffee could be my soul in a different dimension where I've died and been important to someone else showing up to them in a butterfly. And so if you think about like the soul in this lifetime as being pretty important to learn about, but then also the conditionings that are important to learn about past, present, future, you can start to think about, I am, this is my soul. It will encounter every lifetime a little differently in terms of the environment and the manner in which we're moving around. But my soul is my soul. That's my, my, my consciousness. Right. Right. Pretty deep. I mean, pretty Scorpio shit. So that's, and, and Pluto rules Scorpio in ancient astrology. So it just all really interconnects with like life, death, birth, rebirth, um, these cycles that are, you know, what I believe we're all just inherently traveling on. Right, right. It just it just keeps going. Like the, it's about the journey. It's really not the destination. Absolutely. Yeah. You have this lifetime. If if people understood that, I think it would be maybe helpful to just think about like you any mistake that you make before you become aware is not a mistake. It like leads you to becoming mm-hmm. aware potentially. Yeah. And once you're aware and then you consistently fall into the same patterns and things like that, and you're not evolving and you're not growing and changing, that's when you have something to worry about. But like you didn't, you in some regard, like are in this situation and in this lifetime, like for a reason, you're here for a reason. It's very rare to be born. Yeah. Just in general. So many things need to line up, obviously, for you to be born into the body that you're born into, into the Mm -hmm. life you're born into. and, And it all could switch on an instant, you know, like the next lifetime could be completely different. So it's just about managing and growing and evolving as much as you possibly humanly can. Right. Do you believe that we, 
we go through our lives, we die, we go to another dimension, another place. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that we then spend time deciding what our next life will look like? Do you believe there is that process? Let's, Let's go there. I believe there's a process for the souls to sort of recoup, mm-hmm. like our spirit to mm-hmm. recoup and spend time with other spiritual beings that we've lost and know, or just our spiritual guide. So have you read Journey of Souls by Michael Newton? Yeah, Dr. I, Michael Newton? I got it on got it on Audible. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. I have that. Yep. I have that too. So yes. I mean, I think that sort of gives me validation, but I've always like felt that I felt very connected to like Hinduism when I was even mm-hmm. like pretty young. I was like, reincarnation just makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. Like, yep. how could that not be true? So yes, I, I do believe in that. And I think what's fascinating is, you know, connecting with our loved ones all the time and that they all have different languages. And I can sense that certain of my guides are like more advanced. Mm. I think we've talked about that with your dad. Mm, 100%. Like it's our human time, which is not their time, not the time that is happening in the spiritual realm. But I just think about like my grandfather, for instance, who's like super advanced in the signs that he sends me. And I'm like, oh, he's good. <laughs> like he sends me Jeopardy signs, you know, like but, answers yeah. is like the sign that I need. I'm like, oh shit, like he's learned some stuff. And what happened? How do you, oh, man, this, this is good. How do you know? that it's the sign from him. Because and the reason I ask, honestly, personally, because I'm always asking dad, I'm like, dad, like send me a sign. Sometimes, and I feel like sometimes I get it. And then other times I don't, but then like down, like, you know, a week or two or three down the road, like so he'll send me a major sign that I know was him. Like, like for certain was him. Yeah. How do you, can you help me and this audience no for sure which guide is coming through or how to ask for the signs yeah maybe i think they're kind of interconnected like okay maybe all like it's a communication tool and you basically have to like learn a new language and every guide i think of as having like a little bit of a different dialect or like yeah i guess dialect maybe they have like different ways of sending the signs so i also think about if you knew them in this life, like we, you know, we knew our, our loved ones that we're talking Mm -hmm. about right now, you would know like how it may come through. I used to watch Jeopardy with my grandfather, like every Mm -hmm. night when I was a little kid. So it like made total sense. And I knew it was coming from him because of our shared experience in this life. Now it's a little bit harder if you don't know your guide personally. So you don't know like what their energy was like, but it's about kind of paying attention. Let's say you need just general advice. So you're going to send it up like logistically to anybody who will pick it up. I think of it like like picking oh, up tickets oh, and like a customer that. service. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, my grandpa's like, oh, I got this one. You know, like <laughs> I'm going to send her a Jeopardy sign. Like, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like with your dad, if you're talking to him directly and asking him something. He's like, okay, great. But maybe he wasn't even the best guide to hear from mm-hmm. at that time. Maybe mm-hmm. it could have. But they're like, okay, you know, maybe they coach him through it or something. And they're like, all yeah. right, no, let's like, you also didn't put a time limit, a limit on it. Right. You, you said like, I need a sign. Yeah. And didn't sign. say like, yeah. I need it by next week. You were like, yeah. I just need it. And he's yeah. like, all right, well, let me figure out what I want to say. Right. 
<laughs> I don't know. I just think about it like with it, some man. sense of logic. Do too. you do you ask like are you asking when you ask like are you, first of all are you asking like in your mind or yeah. are you, are you, do you say it out loud? You're like I like I'm struggling with like this thing. Can can one of you help me or how do you actually do it? It's usually in my mind and it's usually. This isn't the best way to ask, but a lot of times I've done it like under duress where I've been like, I really need, yeah. I really need some help, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I kind of, I throw it up generally, but I do ask for like certain guides. I've found like my stepmom, for instance, was great at giving love advice when she was alive. So I just like always kind of inherently talk to her when I'm going through a relationship bump and she sends like the best signs. She's just was like that in real life too. Yeah. So my favorite example is I was going through a little bit of a patch with my now husband and I was like, what do I do? I need, I really need a sign. The next day there was like this book in our hallway and it was just like a nondescript like package that was just like sitting there and it wasn't addressed to anybody. And so no one picked it up the next day. Still there. The next day someone unwrapped it and just left it there. And my stepmom sends me signs with bees because she was like an Aries sun and moon. She was like very feisty. She was like biting wit and, you know, stinger. So it's a book of poetry by Rupi Kaur called Milk and Honey with bees all over it. And it was in our apartment building where we lived together. And I was just wow. like, all right, I got to like stay in this. I got to like, we're going to work it out. And it was just like pretty blatantly yeah. obvious. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Oh, I feel yeah. like this stuff is really ambiguous too. Like it takes time. Yeah. And no, like no, no. developing, like calling your friend on the phone. It's like, it takes time to build a relationship, yeah. you know? To establish those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when my dad died, like I, me and my son would listen to this woman, Laura Lynn Jackson, and we would listen her. to her two books. One of them was called Signs and one of them was called mm-hmm. The Light Between Us. Mm-hmm. And we, like the story after story after story. And 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 so I would really attempt to, because I wanted to, to communicate with dad. I would talk to dad like right before he was dying. And I would say, what, like, what sign are you going to leave me? And he would say Red Cardinal, but he said Red Cardinal that was the sign that his mom, that he would always see for his mom. And so mm. I was like, I don't, I didn't know if he, you know, if he was talking about what he was going to leave me or what he is used to seeing or what, whatever mm-hmm. maybe. So, so I would, after he died, I would take my oldest son, Sammy, he does like this wakeboarding thing, like cable rope wakeboarding thing. And we'd be driving home and like every other time we'd be driving home, we'd see like these, this rainbow in the sky. This like beautiful rainbow. Now, when my dad was dying, there was this song by this, well, you know, Chris Stapleton, but he was the lead singer of a group called Steel Drivers and Steel Drivers sang a song called Where Rainbows Never Die. And when dad was dying, I would sing this song like at the top of my lungs because it, it just described him and that he, you know, sort of was getting older and that he was crossing over and, mm. and all these beautiful things. And I, I'll play that song for him. And so about a month ago, 
I know this is a long story, but it's a good one, I promise. So about a month ago, I'm coming home. There's this place about an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes north of the house. It's a waterfall. It's the most beautiful waterfall. It's called Amicalola Falls. So I'm driving home. I go by myself because none of the kids wanted to go. I was like, I need to be in nature. I need to like go deep in nature. So I'm going to go to the Amicalola Falls. I'm going to walk the falls and come home. So I'm driving home. I see this little rainbow in the sky, kind of like just a quarter of the sky. I drive around the bend and all of a sudden the rainbow is the full entire sky. And immediately I'm like, dad, I'm like, I knew it was him. I pulled the car over. It's pouring down rain. I'm out taking pictures and videos, crying, (laughs) talking to him. (laughs) And it was just like, that's when I knew so strongly that it was him. It was like, that was this deep knowing. And I just think that is the coolest of cool in life because it's the mystery and it's the veil and it's Mm -hmm. all the things that I'm always trying to connect with. Like, for example, when I wake up in the morning and I feel and I don't remember my dreams, I'm not a happy guy. Cause like, I want (laughs) to remember, like, I love my dreams. Like that's what I love. Yeah. That's, that is such a beautiful story too. And that's exactly it where you're just like, I know for sure that this is them. And that the feeling you get too, it's like this feeling of elation, this feeling of knowing and validation and all of those things kind of Mm. combining, which is the coolest. And yeah, it is such a beautiful aspect of life. I wish, I I hope, I think a lot of people are, are starting to really wake up to this, but I don't think it, I don't think many people are awake until they've lost someone and the faith has to be there. Like if you are a faith-based person and if you're optimistic, like it, you kind of have to have faith that they're somewhere and they're okay. And that consciousness lives on. And you know, that can absolutely happen in your dreams too, which I think is probably why you enjoy them so much because you really become attuned to the fact that like all the realms kind of meet there mm-hmm. and you can meet people that are soulmates to you that are you knew in another life or that are important in this life. And it goes on and on. I mean, the dream realm is very active. Oh, I love the dream realm. I mean, like after, yeah. after dad died, like a week after I had the most vivid dream, I still remember it today where we were together. He was like, Hey, I remember vividly. He was, we were actually in New York together and he was like, Hey, listen, I got a one-way ticket to San Francisco. And I was like, Okay. I was like, well, won't you buy a one-way ticket back? Like do a round trip. And he was like, no, I just got a one-way ticket to San Francisco. And, and I woke up and like, I was, I was like crying. I was like Mm -hmm. crying. Like, 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 like I was crying in the dream and then I woke up crying. It was so vivid. And I've had that dream, not the San Francisco, but just where I I get really emotional. I feel like I'm crying in the dream and I wake up and I'm crying after having been with him in the dream. I wonder what, oh yeah. He was like, I just, I'm kind of traveling alone. I can't. Yeah. 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 And you know, I was once told with another signature in my chart. So I have. Jupiter and I have Jupiter and Mercury. Now this is whole sign in, in eighth, right? In the eighth in Pisces. Yeah. yeah. And so I've been told like that's a very just sort of intuitive a dream psychic. Realm. Yeah, dream yeah. placement. Yeah. Yeah. And I love to think about the eighth house as the house 
the house of being connected to those who have yeah. who have died and being able to delve into sort of like the why, like psychologically yeah. understand. Yeah, especially with Pisces. Wait, is Mercury conjunct Jupiter? Do you remember? Pretty much. I mean, it's uh, I mean, how close there, is con- how close conjunct is. is uh, every astrologer says something different, but like within f- three to five degrees. I mean, anything less than five, it's a pretty much. Yeah. You call I it a think, conjunction. I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful too, especially with Jupiter like expanding all of it. That could be like, you know, these very, very vivid dreams. Yeah. Where yeah. you get to learn about the why or the psyche and the subconscious. I love that. I mean, I think thinking about the eighth house is like the house where the subconscious lives. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, I think that's kind of what connects me to like the just this desire around like the mysteries yeah. of life. And you're you know. so interested in this. Yeah. And all of this. So occult. that makes a lot in of sense. Occult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. But anyways, this is not about me. This is about you. So <laughs> well, <stop. laughs> double Aries Leo. What is that anything about? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. So, so as you're kind of building the, you know, help, helping people like from an astrology perspective, um, are you also like, using astrology in other ways for people in their lives or in their businesses or sort of? Yeah. What I've started to work on recently with business owners is actually helping them navigate their business using astrology, which is super cool. And that's been really fun to lean into. Every business has a birth chart. Every business has, you know, unless you're a solopreneur, in which case you can still definitely use astrology, but there are teams, there are pe- people who work for the business and who are the business and they need to work together as a team. And that's a whole interesting component as well. So it can have roots. Astrology can help you with hiring, with culture building, with understanding what your mission is, how you're meant to communicate to people. So I've been interpreting business birth charts for a while and that's been really fun, but then also just working with people on kind of a regular basis to navigate has been really fun. So yes. And I think just being able to use, to to tap into universal energy to help with really anything that you're dealing with, like you can do that. It's sort of like this big cheat code that no one yes. accesses or, or like yes. <laughs> really utilizes. It's like, you guys, this is kind of like yes. this is easier than, than we think. We have like these egos that are like, no, I'm going to figure it out on my own. It's like, yeah. why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, listen, I mean, I just think that is coming from the, 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 the business world. Yeah. And, you know, I just believe that is like such an interesting piece because, you know, I, I believe that business owners, like they're all looking for a way to differentiate and sort of figure out what's the next piece of the puzzle. I mean, who, what's the quote? Millionaires. Million, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires use astrology. And who? who, who JP who, Morgan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, people. Like, that's what else crazy. do you need? I mean, Mr. Bank. 
<laughs> yeah, Mr. Bank, like who <laughs> made that? And and like when did he? That was how many years ago? Like that he I said. I think he that? said it in like the twenties or something. The like twenties. Yeah, I mean it. It it is wild when you really think about it. Like, I was looking at this other day. It's not the craziest, but you know, new moons are great for manifestation and for yeah. launching new things. That's free advice for anybody who wants to launch something. Elon Musk hosted SNL right around the new moon in mm. May. And he sort of like talks about Dogecoin and he talked about like his Asperger's and he was like humanizing mm. himself, but also promoting himself and promoting his business, obviously. Yeah. And Kim Kardashian's never hosted SNL, but she is going to host for the first time ever, October 9th, which is also right around the new moon wow. in in October. And like, you know, you can use that energy for like three days before oh, yeah. or after. It doesn't always fall on a Saturday, no. but they both did that. I don't think that's an accident. I mean, yeah. I don't know who Kim Kardashian's astrologer is, but you yeah. can raise your hand if you want to. Yeah. Elon for sure must. 100%. And if not, you know, if you listen to this, Elon, I actually, I don't want to help Elon Musk. Don't actually don't call me. <laughs> if he did though, you would, you, you. If he did, I would have to have a real serious discussion. I need to feel like ethically I'm doing something yeah. correct yeah. by helping that person. I'm not about like, that was why I always ended up having a problem in corporate America is because I was just like, at a certain point at the end of a company, like if I no longer felt like they were adhering to their mission. Like I couldn't, I had to bring people into that company and like ethically, I just like couldn't do that anymore. You know what I mean? I couldn't bring somebody on board with like a terrible boss or like somebody who was, I don't know, you know. I do know. So sometimes I wasn't like great at my job at the end because yep. I would be like, I can't like yeah, honestly do this. So, so I wouldn't just work with anybody. Like I don't, money's money and it's neutral, but like, I don't, I'm not taking bad money. Money. Not saying his money's bad, it's yeah. bad, but I'm just yeah. saying I don't feel good about that. You know? Yeah, no, I totally money and money's money. And yes, like, but let's be really clear and honest here. What smart entrepreneur is not going to have a resident astrologer on his or her staff? Seriously, <laughs> like, how would you not? have a resident astrologer on your staff to help you make the biggest decisions that you have to make about your business, whether it be product related, whether it be talent related, key hires, key, key executives, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if I'm a, a, a guy who's building a business, who's just taken $10 million of venture money from a bunch of other people, and I have to make all these, these decisions, I want someone to help me make these decisions. I, I, I mean, I, I, I really deeply believe that. I just think it's super smart that you're, that's a part of what you're doing. I, I, I do. I just really do. So hopefully all the entrepreneurs listening will be reaching out to the high priestess sooner than yeah. later. I mean, I, I agree. It can be really so helpful to just know, like, this is, we have all these ideas, but to launch them at the right time, like even to just get timing for things like that or bringing on new hires, these can be done in the most successful manner with like using this elemental energy to yeah. your advantage. So yeah, you should absolutely work with someone. If not me, you can learn it yourself. That takes a lot longer. Yeah. So yeah, if you have money to throw at the situation, I highly recommend that you do because it can save you a lot of money and it can make you a lot of money. 
That's a great point. That's a good tagline, so, actually. It's a hell of a tagline for, for <laughs> your, for your, for your, for the business. What did I say again? I, sometimes I just, it just Taking, flies out of my mouth. I don't well, remember. We're recording, so we'll know. <laughs> oh, um, great. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something along the lines of it will save you money or it will make you a lot of money. So maybe both. Yeah. Or maybe both. <laughs> so, so kind of question for you, because I, I look, a lot of this show is about, you know, as I went through my own kind of thing and my awakening and like just seeing life for what it is, you know, there was this big, for me, my biggest kind of issue was like, why can't I just show up authentically me? Show up as the guy who loves astrology. Show up as the guy who likes to do tarot cards. Show up as the guy who likes to talk about the occult stuff and the psychic and intuitives and mystical stuff. Like, love that stuff. But for so long, I was so scared to talk about that stuff, to even like show up with like dudes that I would hang out with. And so, you know, one of the questions that I ask myself and a lot of people is why is it so hard for people to show up as who it is that we truly are? And I know the answer, which is fear of rejection slash programming. But was there a process that you had to go through to kind of get to like the real deal you that that showed up every day or, or did the real deal you show up every day regardless? No, I definitely went through that process myself. And I think it's fear of being rejected, you know, our internal programming. And what just dawned on me too, is that like fear of being judged or fear of, which can then, you know, rejection can come as a result of that. But I think at a certain point, I've experienced some deep loss in my life as we've spoken about for people who who have literally left this realm, but also my relationship with my mother, I've been rejected by her over and over again. So mm-hmm. I think I just became impervious to like, well, this is who I am. Take it or leave it because you can't really pander and get the support of everybody. And uh, like, it, it also makes you feel kind of shitty if you're being rejected kind of anyway at, at the end of the day. Wouldn't you rather be rejected for like who you really are than like rejected for like who you're not? Yeah. You're yeah. going to be rejected or judged regardless. So it's sort of like why not just show up as you are and and be happy? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, but like, I think everybody goes through like their own version of that journey in some way, whether it's a boss or whether it's a parent, a lot of times it can be a parent and it doesn't have to be quite as literal as what I went through, but certain parents don't even realize that they're, I know. And I'm not going to blame everything on parents. I mean, I think people do it what the best that they can do with what, tools that they have, their their own facilities or resources or whatever, faculties, I mean. So I don't even like blame my my mom. I don't think she has the mental capacity to give me any more than she has. Yeah. The thing that popped up when you were talking about that was maybe she gave you a gift in the fact of being able to show up as who you truly are, not caring about rejection. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, look, because 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 I do know that all of us who go through challenging, you know, childhoods, which I think everybody does in some way, shape, or form. I think there's mm-hmm. different levels of it. You know, my look. I mean, my dad was intense. I mean, he like you talk about intense. I mean, angry, strong, dominant, and so I was like you in the sense of when he came in the door, it was like. 
my eyes were on him to know exactly where he was at in that yeah. moment so that I could be in relation with him based on where he was, whether I needed to be Joe jovial guy or cuddly guy or whatever I needed to be close with him. And, but what I also got clear on was that, you know, I came in a really sensitive soul too. And being around that energy, it was like, it even took it another level deeper in terms of like sensitivity, which is actually, which I look at as a gift. Mm -hmm. I look at it as a gift because I can feel people and sense people and read people and intuit things and intuit people. And so I, I, I you know, I, I, yeah, I'm a. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. It's not, there are no mistakes, really. I truly believe that. Yeah, I would not be where I am if I didn't have that experience. And I'm really happy where I am. Yeah. So it's all yeah. good. Well, you are, you are an amazing human. I really enjoy talking to you. Really, really do. I could go on and on and on, but you, I know you got to go. And so, this so, is so, so much fun. Yeah. I honestly could talk to you forever too, Brent. So yeah. thank you so much for having yeah. me. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being a part of this. And hopefully, hopefully uh, you will come back again and, and talk to us again soon. I would absolutely love that. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Hey, thanks for being with us today and joining me in my mission to help 100 million children live out their greatest life. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Awakened Dad podcast and share with your friends and follow us on Instagram at The Awakened Dad. If you like what you heard today, please make sure to listen to our other episodes and thank you for being with us.